1: It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A
0: 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Collins Davis, wide open. Davis, still going, and he's in for the touchdown.
1: He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know The <laughs> q Oh, my gosh. Listen, Thank you. Thank you. From the
0: playlikeajet.com digital studios This is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1 And I wanted to take a look at the tape of Elijah Moore I've been talking about how impressed I was when I went through his film But I wanted to check with a bona fide expert on wide receivers and cornerbacks And so I said... Last week when Mark Ross was on the show That he's rapidly becoming one of my favorite guests Another person who's becoming one of my favorite guests In a very rapid fashion Is Mr. Eric Crocker Former NFL and AFL defensive back And current trainer of athletes Who are going to go on to become stars I'm not 100% sure But if Eric's training them There's a pretty good chance That they're going to go on to become stars <laughs> So Eric, thank you for coming back on the show To talk Elijah Moore. Really appreciate it, man
1: Oh uh, yeah, any 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 time, and and he's an intriguing guy. So it's good to you know be able to talk about him a little bit. No question about it.
0: And I think a big part of what makes him intriguing is the combination of skills that he brings to the table. And the first thing that jumped out to me when watching him was his change of direction. He reminded me a lot of prime Darren Williams when he was with the Utah Jazz, with that crossover dribble where guys would just trip over their own two feet. When you watch Elijah Moore's change of direction, I don't see very many defensive backs that are going to be able to keep up with him. Sure, the elite of the elite, but, man, that change of direction is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, it, it's tough, especially, you know, when when it's a smaller guy like that and they have those, you know, just shorter legs and those quick feet and obviously, like, the speed that he possesses. You know, Jets watch Jeremy Curley, you know, a lot of his career. And this is like Jeremy Curley, but, like, with a rocket, like, up his <laughs> ASS, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just somebody, you know, that, that four, three speed that he possesses. Um, and just, you know, when you have that kind of that shorter, those shorter legs like that, like, you know, I mean, obviously he's just a smaller receiver in general, but it makes it really tough to match those, those movement skills, you know, when you are a longer cornerback, which most corners are definitely going to be bigger than him. So I think from that standpoint, right away, He's going to be more of a mismatch uh, in comparison to the the guys that would be guarding him.
0: His change of direction is just part of his route running. And it's funny, Eric, because in the lead-up to the draft, what you saw in some scouting reports online was that Elijah Moore is an incomplete route runner. He's a work in progress. But that wasn't personally what I saw when I looked at his tape. I saw a pretty damn good route runner. Is that what you saw?
1: I think... It's interesting. I think, guys, and this is what I was alluding to when I was like, you know, he's an interesting, uh, you know, intriguing prospect. When he wanted to use it, he he did. Like, as far as his routes and stuff like that, like, I I didn't think he was a raw route runner in the sense of, you know, like a DK Metcalf, right? Somebody like, like, okay, I'm going to really have to work on, you know, his routes and, like, just the way that he kind of sets things up. I I think when you watch Elijah Moore, it's like, did you have all the ability, but – it just seems like sometimes, and it, it's it's so hard to know if it's him or the offense, because when, when I watch him during his pro day, it's like whoa! Now that's that's what I want to see on film during the, during the games. And then when I watch, you know, I've seen some clips of him running routes for the New York Jets and how he puts his foot in the ground and how he's he's hitting his route with speed. And it's like wow! Like that's what I want to see. And I just thought like watching him at Ole Miss. You could see it at times, Um, especially if he had, like, a defender that was off in space. But I thought more times than not, he didn't really use the ability to, like, let me, like, really try to be a pure separator, um, you know, with routes. It it was more so let me, you know, beat guys with kind of, you know, speed down the field or just kind of run to spots. So I, I could see how they could get off on saying that, Maybe that was an area he needed to improve on. I don't think it's necessarily something he needs to learn how to do. I think he possesses it and showed that he can do it. I think just be more consistent with the speed in which he runs his routes. And I think that would help it be a little more like, you know, pop off the film for, you know, uh, maybe a scout or a talent evaluator.
0: Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Eric, let's talk a little bit more about speed because speed can mean a lot of things. It could mean lateral quickness. It could mean straight line speed. What do you think about his overall package of speed and how he deploys it?
1: Yeah, so um, I kind of alluded to it a little bit, just saying like I, I didn't see him all like necessarily all the time play with speed. But the way I look at speed, I, I try to look at the players around like the the person that I'm watching and see like how do they how do they react to that player and that kind of tells me how fast somebody is or how fast they play and if you watch like elijah moore against florida and how he was you know splitting defenses and then the panic that he put them in like once he had the ball in his hand or when he caught that uh it was like a kind of like an end around and he caught the ball and then how he beat the angles to the end zone like that shows me like true speed because we've all seen the guys that you know maybe run Know four threes or four two or whatever, right? But then when you watch him, it's like, man, you don't you don't play with that type of speed. I think with him, you can definitely see it when you kind of look at the defenders and what type of angles that they have to take to try to get to him, and, and then how they're prepared to tackle him. And it's like, oh, I hope he doesn't cut back. Like, so I think from that standpoint, I think he definitely plays with really good speed. I think when he sees that open area and he needs to like you know uh, kick it into another gear, I think he does that extremely well. I, I would just like again, I would like to see him. Really use the threat of his speed to run routes more often, and I think he has that ability. But he just he he doesn't do it consistently, at least not at Ole Miss. But again, the tough thing is I don't know if he's being asked to do that. I, I don't know if they're telling him like, "Hey, just run to the spot," or "Hey, be patient and just run to the spot." Like, if those are the things that they're telling him, then I could see why it might look the way it does to me on film.
0: His hands have also been cited as a major strength. And when you look at the statistics, you can see why. PFF had him catching 97% of catchable targets, which was number one in all of college football. When you watched the tape, did you see the reliable pass catcher that the stats bore out?
1: Yeah. So one, one thing for me, especially if you're going to be a smaller receiver, like, I mean, and just really any receiver in general, but definitely smaller guys, like I need you to play big. And and then that'll tell me like how much I'm gonna prioritize you in like my receiver rankings. And I thought with him, I think he did, I thought he did a really good job of kind of like you know going up for passes, like adjusting his body, uh, you know, uh, kind of shielding off defenders in a sense, and really high pointing the ball with his hands and coming down with those type of catches. Like that's great, <laughs> you know. Like those are things you want to see. Like you know, I didn't see that from like. Hollywood Brown, like, I, I there were too many times where Hollywood not to put down the other players, but with like a Hollywood Brown, there were too many times where I thought I'd see him go up and maybe hit the ground, ball pop out, you know, those type of things where I'm like, ah, he plays a little small and he is small. Well, with Elijah Moore, he's he looks tiny, he looks tiny on film, but I thought when it came to kind of going up and attacking the ball and catching it with his hands and really just being able to, you know. Uh, run a route, catch it with all hands And you know still keep his speed And that kind of shows me that Guy has a lot of confidence in his hands I thought he checked those boxes for sure
0: A lot of people have said that they think Elijah Moore projects to be Predominantly a slot receiver in the NFL But if you look at what he did His final year at Ole Miss He was used on the outside a lot more And he won quite a bit on the outside Do you think in the NFL That he'll be able to win inside and out Or do you think that the earlier projections of him being mostly a slot receiver are what's going to end up taking shape.
1: You know, I was listening to um, a 49er uh, press conference with Kyle Shanahan, and someone had asked him, like, you know, what what do you look for, you know, with you know, a receiver that's able, you know, uh able to play outside. And his biggest thing was like, can they win vertically outside? Like if you can win vertically outside, then you can play outside receiver form. There's some guys that really can't, right? Like a Trent Taylor that the 49ers had in the slot or, you know, Wes Welker, right? Like those are guys you're not really going to put on the outside, right? Like you're going to play them more in the inside. So with Elijah Moore, I think he definitely has the ability to win vertically on the outside. I, I think with, with him, it's going to be more so about, you know, how do the Jets want to utilize him? And I know, you know, we'll we'll get into that, but uh, 49ers, they run a ton of tight splits. And if he can just be a guy that, you know, lines up in that tight split and is able to like, you know, win off the line and maybe be able to play through contact from that standpoint, he definitely is a guy that can play, you know, on the outside as well. I think that's a big part of it. Being able to play through contact uh, when maybe you don't get as clean of a release. And, you know, he, he is a smaller guy. So a lot of times with the smaller guy, especially when they're on the outside, they kind of shrink the, the target area. So your quarterback has to be more accurate. So I think from that standpoint, you know, with Zach Wilson, that quarterback, he's just gonna, you know, if you're gonna play Elijah Moore more on the outside and throw the ball, you know, down the field to him, you're just gonna have to be really accurate because if it is if there is a contested catch situation, and you know the corner is six one, and Elijah Moore is you know five eight, you know it's there's there's you don't have much room for error.
0: Do you see him as somebody that will probably run a lot of trickery and some jet sweeps and things like that at the NFL level?
1: Definitely. I think that's, you know, the, where the game is kind of going, where you, you know, you want to you have if you have a guy that has that type of ability, you want to utilize them as such, right? Now, that, that doesn't mean that that has to be, you know, all he does. I think he's a terrific receiver as well. But, you know, if you can, I mean, look at Tariq Hill. They, they do all those things with him, right? Like the end arounds, rounds, the, the jet sweeps, the the uh, shovel passes, you know, just little things to kind of get the ball in his hands in space and maybe get a couple of blockers in front of him and, hey, go get 10 yards, go get 12 yards. Uh, I could definitely see them doing that with with, uh, with Elijah Moore. Uh, you know, 49ers do that a ton with Debo Samuel, who's, uh, you know, I mean, this is a jumbo size, you know, <laughs> version uh, of this, but – I don't think the that position like I don't think you have to be or I don't want to say that position but you know if you're if they use him in that way you don't have to be a certain size. You don't have to be 5'11", 215 like Debo Samuel. You just have to be, hey, can you, you know, can you hit the crease and can you read your blocking very well? Can you get around the corner and then use your speed to get down the sideline? I think if you could do those things, I I I believe that. Uh, LaFleur will figure out different ways just to get the ball in his hands in general Because I've seen the 49ers do that with several receivers as well How do you think he
0: compares to some of the receivers That went in the same general range that he did? Obviously some of them are very different But guys like Rashad Bateman and Kadarius Toney Rondale Moore, Terrace Marshall Jr. What do you think? Did the Jets get the best of that bunch?
1: I think, you know, they are all in that tier um, I try to look at it as like not not so much that you know a team is wrong or or whatever, but just what 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 are your plans for the guy? And, and I think that's the biggest thing. Like even with the Giants, I'm I'm, I'm curious to see what the Giants' plans are for Kadarius Tony because of the receivers that they already have. Right? I mean, they have uh, uh, they just got Galladay uh, Galladay. They just got or they, they've had Slayton, they got, you know, Sterling Shepard, you know, they have Ingram. So it was like, okay, how are you going to use Tony? So I think when you look at it with Elijah Moore or any of these other guys, whether it's Rashad Bateman, how do you plan on utilizing this guy? And does he fit with whatever plan and vision you have? And and if he can do that, then yeah, you're going to be fine. The, the, here's the curious thing. Here's the thing I'm most curious to see with them. 49ers. And again, there are different ways to run this Kyle Shanahan scheme we've seen the McVeigh way where he runs three receiver sets all the time, right? He, he lines up in 11 personnel. That's his primary offensive package. Well, Kyle Shanahan and kind of like what the Vikings have done and some of these other teams, they use more two receiver sets, right? More uh, 21 personnel. Now, if you use 21 more, 21 personnel, are you going to have, you know, Elijah more on the field or is he going to be off the field? Like, is it going to be, is Mims and Davis going to be those guys? And then they figure out different ways to kind of sprinkle in more? Or is Moore going to, you know, take some reps away from one of those guys? That That's the part that I, I'm not sure yet. How do they plan on utilizing him? Obviously, um, he will be on the field. You don't take a guy like that, you know, high in the second round and not have a legit plan to really use him and, and deploy him. But I think that's the part that I'm, I'm really curious to see what offense do they go to? Do they go to the more the Bay version of Shanahan or what we've seen from Kyle Shanahan, which is more uh, 21 personnel? Let's
0: flesh that out a little bit more, Eric. Talk a little bit about what Jets fans can expect in each of those two scenarios from Elijah Moore and which one you think is more likely given his skill set.
1: Uh, so probably what the Rams do more with the 11 personnel. And again, like you can, it's really the same Offense, but just a different kind of way of running it, I guess, for as far as personnel, like where the the uh the Rams use more like Cooper Cup in blocking game and stuff like that, where the 49ers have you know a fullback out there with Kyle Uzchek and he's kind of their wild card type player. Uh, you know, they can do this with Elijah Moore for sure. And I've seen even the Rams do a lot of the end arounds with. Uh, with Robert Woods and kind of doing things to get the ball in his hands in space runs. There was one drive uh, where they scored on the 49ers. I want to say maybe it was, was it 2019? Yeah, because they didn't beat the Niners. Well, they haven't beat the Niners in the last two years. Well, it was 2019, I believe, where the first drive of the game, they didn't even throw the ball. They ran the ball the whole time. And they like a couple of times, it was Robert Woods getting the ball and he ended up scoring on the end around. Like, those are definitely things that you can do to get. The ball in the hands of Elijah Moore. I I could see them doing that. The 49ers have a similar player as Elijah Moore. His name is Richie James. And obviously, he's not the same type of the caliber of prospect, and he's not as fast or, you know, but um, he's a smaller, like thinner, thin built guy. And even him, like they do different things that utilize him to get the ball in his hands in space. There was one game this year where the 49ers, all the receivers were out with COVID. Like uh, their top three guys, Debo Samuel, uh, uh Brandon Ayuk, and Kendrick Bourne, they were all out because of COVID. So they had to play Richie James more. and in, in that game, Richie James had like nine catches for 180 yards in the touchdown. And a lot of it was just finding different ways to just get the ball in his hands or get him out in space, get him open in space, downfield, in, in between, you know, 10 to 20-yard range. I, I, I mean, you watch that game. I think you could, if you go back and watch that game, it was middle of the year against uh, green Bay. I think you could clearly see like, wow, I could see how Elijah Moore can do exactly what, what Richie James did in this game. And, and you could see a clear fit in, in that way.
0: Eric, you've watched quite a bit of Zach Wilson, and now you've watched quite a bit of Elijah Moore. They're already starting to forge a bond. They've talked about how they speak on the phone every day they were spotted having dinner together at Luigi's. You like to see that because early on they're building a bond and they're trying to develop chemistry before they even get to training camp. They started in minicamp and even before that. How excited on a scale of 1 to 10 should Jets fans be to watch this combination on the field?
1: I think very excited. You know, um, you know that, that the, your quarterback, he's someone... And, and I, I know I've heard these comps thrown out there. You know the the Aaron Rodgers, the Patrick Mahomes, but he kind of plays with that looseness. And having a quarterback that plays with that looseness, like, kind of allows guys to kind of create uh, and extend plays. And a lot of times, like when you play like that, those those plays that might have been a you know eight, 10 yard gain, when the guy starts working open it can turn into a 30-yard or 40-yard game, you know, and they throw down the field. And I can definitely see something like that happening. You start working there. I think everybody thinks, like, when you when a receiver and quarterback gets on the same page, it's, oh, okay, he just knows when to hit him out of his break, right? Um, you know, oh, he knows, you know, three-step slant. You know, this is how he's going to attack the quarter, cornerback, And then, okay, I could just throw the ball right here. I know my guy's going to be there, right? Like, you start to know each other. But the other part of it is, like during like a scramble drill and, and that too, being on the same page as your quarterback, knowing when your quarterback starts to move. And by time he knows exactly where you're going to do and you take off and he's looking for you and he throws it into an area where he expects you to be, because those are the things that you guys have kind of worked on and talked about as well. So, you know, when, when you start thinking about just even that, like the, the being able to extend plays and something that Zach Wilson definitely ex- excelled at, you know, at BYU last year, um, that's an area where I think even more so than everything else, that you know the timing and rhythm and everything like the offense. I think that's going to flow very well, but the being able to extend plays and and get the ball into this young receivers' hands in space, I, I think that's something that you guys should be really excited to to kind of see. The one thing I am kind of interested in because I've 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 always talked about like well they got Mims, they got Davis, and so I you know I forgot about Crowder and is like how does he factor into this whole thing? I know he uh, I think I saw somewhere he has like 11 million dollar like kind of cap hit or something this year or like that's how much money he's going to be making so maybe he can be like a cap casualty. and if if Elijah Moore if you're seeing something that you like for more maybe you know it's like all right we don't need to pay Crowder 11 million dollars this year and you know we have Mims and we have Davis and now we have Elijah Moore Um, but we'll so we'll see what happens with that but that too, that's that's intriguing because now, I mean, we're talking about four receivers and, and in an offense that, at least with the way Kyle Shanahan runs it, they don't use a whole lot of receivers in, in, in that way. And the touches could definitely be a little limited, you know, and I, I'm not sure. I'll see who's the odd man out, but if you have a Crowder on your roster week one and he's making $11 million, I'd assume he's going to be on the field as well. So that that's, that's something that I haven't really thought a whole lot about that can be very interesting as far as how the whole thing plays out for the Jets offense.
0: Do you think Crowder and Moore can play together and both be effective, or is it a situation where if one's on the field, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice to have them both on the field at the same time in this offense?
1: I mean, I think there's de- definitely times when you can have them both on the field, but I mean, typically receivers. I mean, nor offenses. They have just kind of set kind of positions, right? Like you have your your X, you have your Z, you have your 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 Y or whatever. And I know like that can be interchangeable, but I don't know if you have two positions that are similar on the field at the same time, in the sense of of that that slot type receiver and what that is. Like I know I've heard Kyle Shanahan say. It's a, I think he calls it the Y or whatever but that Y could be anybody like it could be uh you know Brandon it could be uh, Kendrick Bourne. it could be Kyle Yuschek, it could be uh, it, it could be George Kittle you know I' saying but I, I don't know if you have two of that same thing on the field at the same time that, that's something I, I feel like when I'm watching the 49ers, they don't typically have two slot type guys on the field at the same time. Like, now they do have guys that are all versatile, right? But you kind of have your base with Ayuk and Debo. Those are your, like, X and Z. And then if you end up having a slot, like, maybe one of those guys can line up in the slot and you do things like that. But typically, as far as, like, a pure slot guy, if that's what Crowder is, I, I haven't seen the 49ers line up two of them on the field at the same time.
0: Eric, we talked before about how Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson are trying to build chemistry. What is that process generally like? And what's the process usually like with the other receivers there? All of them trying to build chemistry with each other to form a complete wide receiver room.
1: I, I really think like communication is key with that whole thing and really just reps. Um like you know, you you see a lot of guys, you know, when I was with the Jets, when they went when we went home before like you know to get ready for training camp or whatever uh mark sanchez did jets west and you know all the guys would go down to la and they'd be in la and they'd work on those things and work on talking through things routes the chemistry all those type of things like i think it's going to take things like that to really kind of get on the same page as all your receivers and get them to understand what exactly it is that you want i really think it's more so the receivers get you know getting on the same page with the quarterback the quarterback would tell them what they want we see with Tom Brady right like you know every offseason you know they were getting in trouble with you know breaking COVID protocols last year because Tom Brady was going to make sure that his receivers understood exactly what he's looking for um, in the offense and how you know how he wants things ran and and what he's expecting and and understanding if the defender is like this then okay I'm going to put the ball on his back shoulder so that's where you can uh, expect the ball to be and just really kind of getting those reps and, and what that looks like and that conversation I think that's the big thing so I don't think it's going to be more so of just like oh like let me get on the same page as this rookie I think it's having all your receivers together and really just getting reps and reps and reps whether you know for uh, an extended period of time it could be you know four days over the summer where where the quarterback has all his receivers together and they're just really constantly, you know, repping the offense and, you know, talking about the verbiage and what things look like and and what to expect. And I think that's how you typically get on the same page with, with with your receivers. Along those lines, how important is training camp going to be? Training camp is going to be huge because especially for rookies, like a day, (laughs) a training camp day for rookies, like it's not like what it used to be where you had like, you know, the, three hour practices and two a days like it, it's not like a grueling training camp like it was back in the day but it's you have your especially as a rookie like you you would wake up and you have you have uh, weights as, as far as the jets this is how we were kind of set up we have weights early like 5 45 a.m i have weights after weights go get breakfast after breakfast Go to meetings. After meetings, go to practice, right? You have to go get ready, get taped up, all that stuff. Go to practice. Um, After practice, you like have like more meetings, and then you eat, and then you have like more meetings, (laughs) and then you have like another thing that's just like rookies. Like it it was crazy. Like you you would start at about five forty five a.m. to go lift, and then you'd be done by like nine p.m. And then once you're done with all that, you have to study like you know, all your plays and everything and, and really kind of work to get that down. So uh as a as a rookie, is it, is I think just kind of understanding the 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 grind and the mental part of it and the and the best thing you can do is just to not like get overwhelmed. So I think that's as far as the rookies go, it's how how do I not get underwhelm overwhelmed? How how do I prepare the best way to where, you know, I'm I'm still able to I'm not getting in my own head because you start to kind of get a lot thrown at you. You have walkthroughs and all these different things. And you want to make sure that uh, you know, and they're trying to that that's at the time where they're really starting to kind of load up to get ready for the year. Uh to get ready for you know the preseason games and then obviously in the games they start to throw, you know, game weeks they start throwing more at you. So uh, training camp is it, it's, it's a big time for a lot of these young guys because yeah, they start throwing a whole lot more at you and it's at a a different, it's more up-tempo pace. And you have to be able to, you know, take in all that information and still play without thinking. And and that's why, you know, the veterans, like they have it down. They understand what they're getting into and they'll they'll know those things like the back of their hands. It won't be a big deal for them, but some of the rookies – sometimes it, it starts to move a little bit fast for them and you, you really want the game to slow down. If
0: the game slows down, then the play speeds up. I think that's pretty much how it goes.
1: 100%. 100%. <laughs> like, it, that, that's when, like, you can see the most athletic person, but if he's thinking a whole lot on the field, the, the game is moving too fast, he's going to look like he, he doesn't really know exactly what he's doing. He'll be lost. Um, he won't be able to, uh, you know, uh, uh, certain checks and stuff like that, you'll start to see the blown assignments. And, and that's where like those problems have. And then, I mean, before you know it, you're either not playing or you're cut or, (laughs) you know, so those things happen. So definitely that, that was, that was a, that was a good, good one that you just said.
0: Every once in a while, Eric, I have a gem. Usually about once a month, so now I'm screwed until June. You got my best line for the next couple of weeks, so savor that and remember it. I gave you the tier system, so now I gave you that one, too. You get all my best lines, Eric. I got to keep bringing you on so that I can keep fleshing these out. (laughs) Eric Crocker, who has become one of my favorite guests to come on and talk about wide receivers and defensive backs. He trains athletes, does YouTube breakdowns. He has a Patreon. sure he does a lot of other things too aren't you a coal miner or something like that you got so many things going on i don't know how you do anything i don't know how you have time for anything i think the trick is eric <laughs> you don't sleep much right so for anybody that wants to check out everything you're doing except sleeping because you don't do any of that where can they find you where can they check out everything that you have going on
1: yeah so i'm on twitter at you know at eric underscore crocker um, I'm definitely getting the YouTube up and going. I, I really started kind of getting that going over the last few weeks, and it's growing pretty fast. Um, and now that the draft's over, you know, I'm kind of shifting my attention on the, you know, the content that I'm putting out. So make sure you guys subscribe. That's Crock Talk TV, I have the Patreon account where I do more film breakdowns and breaking down a lot of prospects and things like that. I'll be doing uh, matchups of the week and things like that during the NFL season. That's Patreon.com/CrockTalk. And then, uh, CrockerReport.com. That's it. that's the website. So, yeah, all that. CrockerReport.com is where you can find everything. And Crock
0: Talk is the YouTube channel. Check it out; fantastic stuff over there. And we got fantastic stuff over at PlayLikeAJet.com as well. We have a brand new article from steve blue it's great it's taking down all the people in the analytics community who have been giving joe douglas crap for trading up from 23 to 14 to get elijah vera tucker a lot of us have said that those people are getting a little too much inside their own heads and so steve breaks that down and explains why joe douglas making that move was actually a very good idea plenty of cool stuff up on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel as well. A brand new All-22 breakdown of the Zach Wilson performance against Utah in 2019. If you recall, Utah was the number 11 team in the nation that year, so a really good defense that Zach Wilson went up against. Luke takes you through that game and shows you the strengths and the weaknesses of Wilson from that day. So if you haven't subscribed to that yet, please go ahead and do that. And if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, please go ahead and do that as well. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's PlayLikeAJetDigital and PlayLikeAJet.com.